Hi. Hi. Uh, this is Eli. Uncle Eli. Here. Uh, in the vehicle. Thanks for tuning in. To another episode. Um, it's good to. Good to be here with you today. Motoring about. Top speed. About four miles an hour here. Traveling through the Bay Area. I'm going to going to teach some people about classboy. Going to work on some subtleties of vessel shape today. Um, looking forward to that. You know, it's going to be very exciting. Um, I do I do love classboy. Teaching a class about a lesson about um, cold working the other day, and you know. I was just thinking about how much I like cold working. It's such a fun thing to do. Um, fun for everyone, really. Um, grinding a glass and then polishing it. It's still really hard to do. It's still really fun to do. Um, you know? All this stuff is so fun, so hard. Um, got some exciting things I've been thinking about. Um, you know, as usual, thinking about all sorts of exciting things. Um, I've been cooking a lot of crazy food lately. Kids are very hungry, you know. They like to eat food. Um fish and steak staying very well hydrated very very well hydrated the peak of my hydration um I haven't drank any alcohol but I've been drinking a lot of water and I haven't taken any psychedelics but I'm staying well hydrated just in case um psychedelics sneak up on me whack me over the head um, it's important to be hydrated and be thinking good thoughts and having good actions, you know. That's one thing I learned from taking enormous doses of psychedelics is that if you be, if you be thinking bad thoughts or doing bad things, all psychedelics are going to tell you about that. They're going to hold you down, slap you around a little bit. So, being a good boy, staying well hydrated. Um, you know, thinking about the legacy of craft, thinking about all the things I've learned about glass, and one thing, you know, that I haven't talked about is stained glass, because, um, you know, psychedelics and stained glass, they go together well. Really, any drugs and stained glass really go together. Um, now that I'm a personal trainer, um, it's important to focus on stained glass. Um, I did some bowling the other day, uh, you know what, I did pretty good. I didn't do great, but I did pretty good. Surprisingly good for not feeling like I was doing any good. Um, so I think I got 110, 109 or something. Um, 
which in the scheme of things I think is not that great of a score but for not having bowled in years and feeling like I was going to total failure at least I hit the ball hit the hit the ball with the pins a couple times um so that was fun that's exciting it was fun to move my body I've been doing a lot of bike riding and rollerblading and roller skating um those are good things as your personal trainer I advise you to go out on rollerblades and you don't have to go for a very long trip just a little short trip um and it's important to look silly and move your body bike riding it's important to weight your bike down with a lot of weight and go ride very slowly you don't need to stand up you just need to sit down on your bike and pedal around it's important make sure you stay hydrated um, you might have to stop for a pee pee break but you know I think you can figure that out um, it's hard it's hard staying so hydrated I feel like it's not cities are not designed to um, keep you hydrated you know they're designed to keep you dehydrated and scared so here I am learning learning about city life learning about being dehydrated scared but so far it hasn't broke me yet I'm still don't drink a lot of water so much water feel good feel great thinking about stained glass my years as a youngster uh, learning stained glass from an old timer that had a little stained glass and cold working studio and would teach me all about these techniques in exchange for well it ended up being an exchange for mostly for cigarettes uh, I would always like to bring gifts and he kind of seemed like a hippie old guy and so I thought well this hippie old guy wants a dozen organic eggs and some kale maybe uh, and then after a couple of deliveries of that he's like you know what I don't like this shit I like mayonnaise and cigarettes so I think the eggs were alright the eggs were alright but want no fucking kale um so mayonnaise and eggs and cigarettes you know it's a good diet for a cold worker and he would teach me about cold working in his studio that's what I was most interested in but I was also picking up the stained glass techniques um because that's what he knew about what he talked to me about and studio was just kind of a shack no running water like one light you have to move around the light and then carrying in water to the machines um, and everything is drip fed with water all grit and drip fed I've talked about this before on my co-working episode, but, but you should go listen to that again. You should pause this, go listen to the multiple co-working episodes, and then come back to this and double check my check my work, fact check me. 
Um, so, Jimmy. Jimmy is the old timer. And Jimmy taught me one of my favorite things about this was the use of the word stained glass. And sometimes it's also called leaded glass. And both of those are actually really confusing terms because um, they kind of, they have other references within them. And so the stained glass um, is a reference to, oh crap, I'm going to fuck this up. Um, it's a, I believe it's a silver stain that you use on the glass. Um, and the silver stain is the silver-based wash that will turn a yellow, light yellow, to a red, to a brown in firings at sitting, like basically sitting at in that 1300 range you can get this stain to um, turn those colors. And that is, that's the wash, that's the stain. That's the stain in stained glass. And this original technique developed in Germany, Austria, in the, somewhere in the 1500s, I believe. Might be a little later, I'm not totally sure on that date, but better fact check me. Um, so that staining technique like if you are to fire it say it takes you know at five minutes it turns yellow and at ten minutes it turns red and twenty minutes it turns brown um, you could imagine that you could do multiple washes and firings and so that you could lay down your first bits of detail could be the darker details and you could fire those once and then you put some more detail on it and fire it all again and the original details get darker then the second round of details and the successive rounds of details all are a little bit lighter and the first layer becomes the darkest, becomes the dark brown by the end of your five or ten firings. Um, well, there's, there's similar techniques that you'll do in printmaking and lithography where you'll acid wash, you'll do an acid bath, or you'll do... Um, different washes to create a darker color over successive washes. Um, and so this technique was developed as the kind of original stained glass. So if you look back at some of the very original stained glass, you can see these. It's like essentially a monotone and this kind of sepia tone color. Um, and it looks you know, it, it has quite a bit of depth of color because that, you know, from yellow to red to brown can be, is pretty, it's, it's a great range. It's a beautiful range of colors. But it's just this one silver stain um, that can do that. And um, 
so that's where the term stained glass comes. You take regular, just clear glass, then you stain it, and then you put it together into make a picture window. And the actual like connecting of the glass pieces with lead is was just like a, a structure of it. It's now it's become kind of that's the main focus. Well. I don't know if that's the main focus, but it's a, it's, a, it's an important part of it. Um, and then the different colors are used in these um, that aren't stained. They're, in fact, colored glass made in traditional colored glass techniques. Or there's some fire on. You could fire on. You could put all sorts of things. You don't need to just do colors. You can do whatever you want in your stained glass window. Sometimes also referred to as leaded glass because you'll use lead in between the windows but that's also confusing because lead crystal i believe lead crystal is sometimes referred to as leaded glass i've certainly heard that but lead glass leaded glass is it the lead in the glass or is it lead in between the glass it's also confusing too and um but in some ways it maybe is a slightly more accurate term to call it leaded glass because it's been leaded together so um you've been led to believe a lot of things about this some of them may be true um lead lead is such a magic substance wow it's too bad that it's so poisonous to our bodies um because it really is kind of a magic metal and it's had many wonderful revolutions in craft and it spent time just really in everything and on everything and it's a really wonderful substance and a lot of that craft is totally lost because people just don't practice the lead craft the way they used to but they still do it in stained glass um, you can use lead but you can also use a a non-lead uh, based solder and metal to connect them. So the traditional way of connecting pieces of glass is by using came, C-A-M-E. And that came is um, generally extruded or rolled because lead is so soft um, you could just take a, you know, you could essentially pour a sheet and then cut off strips and then take those strips and send them to a roller and make, it's kind of an eye channel. So it's got two grooves, a groove on either side, and then the sheets fit into that. And so what you're going to do with the, the glass is you're going to be essentially mechanically holding the glass together with lead and there's not an adhesive in there traditionally it's just the lead channels that hold the glass together and in a big sheet once you get it 
in a large enough size, it kind of starts to kind of lock itself in and become fairly structural. Um, it's even more structural when you do it in dimension. If you have something in the round or a square or a cube, um, like a lampshade, those are really like they really lock themselves in um, with structure once you kind of make a shape. Um, so, um, the lead is very close to the glass, and you will use a soldering iron to melt the lead to connect the parts, um, the little channels, with a soldering iron. And the lead it melts in that like 400 to 500 range so it's like it's very easy to melt it and generally you can get the lead hot and melt it and it doesn't break the glass it's definitely not hot enough to melt the glass and it can it can be if you're not careful it can be hot enough to break the glass but generally you can also just quickly melt the lead and it doesn't bother the glass because it's such a cool um, so the other way that you will attach create that structure for the stained glass technique is to use a copper foil as the channel and then the copper itself can be soldered with lead or a non-lead based solder. Um, so you take your piece of glass and you want to say you want to take this little square piece of glass and you want to put it into your little window. Um, you're going to wrap it with a copper foil. And there's a couple different kinds of copper foil. You're going to buy this. Generally, you can just buy this as a roll. And it comes in. And you can certainly use any copper foil um, and make it, you know, make your own copper foil. Use your, you know, um, make your own or use your own from different dimensions of foil but you can buy this stuff as a roll and it generally also comes with a sticky adhesive on the inside and that adhesive is really just to hold the copper on until you get the lead on there generally that the, the adhesive just kind of burns off once you get the lead on there and the adhesive isn't really doing a lot it's um just enough to hold the copper foil onto the glass while you get ready to let it. Um, there are, with the copper foil, you can get just like plain copper foil with on the adhesive side, it's also copper colored. You can get it that has a black background, so it's black on the adhesive side, so it, um, when you wrap your glass, it kind of is a darker area rather than a bright area and that might be desirable depending on your aesthetic um believe you can get a silver back also 
Um, and you probably could get any color or make them with colors on them if you wanted to. Um, and so you can also get them in different dimensions. Like say your, you want your glass to be, you want your copper to be wrapped around, you know, maybe an eighth, maybe only a sixteenth. You don't need a lot of over the edge with the lead like it's pretty structural stuff you don't need it way over there so maybe it's an eighth of an inch hanging over the little piece of glass and then you'll need the dimension of glass so say your glass is an eighth inch thick and you want an eighth inch on either side then you're going to have a three-eighths glass um, if it's only an eighth inch thick and you've got really tight parameters and you're fitting it well you could do it a sixteenth and then you're um, your actual channel is going to end up being an eighth inch. Um, if you were to have an eighth inch on each side of the glass, then when you put it together, the whole thing's going to be a quarter inch. It'd be kind of wide. Um, and you also need to account then for the space in between so that if it doesn't if it's not a perfect tight fit that might even be a little bit bigger of a gap um, and so depending on what you're making and how you're fitting it whether you are cold working it or you're just cutting things with a glass cutter might also make a difference um, that might be something to consider as well um, so you might also have different dimensions of glass. Your glass might change in thickness. Uh, and so you might need to be aware of that, the change in dimension in your glass. Um, maybe you have different sheets that are different sizes, uh, different thicknesses, and so you can use different foils. Maybe you even have a very strange shaped sheet that changes in dimension over the sheet. There's a thick part and a thin part. And then you might even need to use like a thick copper foil and cut it down. This might be where you're just making your own copper foil. You might use two different kinds of copper foil and kind of feed them together. You can overlay it. You can meet them up because the solder will stick that copper together. And so it doesn't need to be a perfect seamless piece of copper around it because um, you've got this magic metal you're going to melt on top of it later. Um, so so um, you're going to wrap your piece of glass with this copper foil and you're going to get it all the way around and you're going to use a little tool to kind of burnish it you want that copper <clears throat> excuse me you want that copper to be laying down flat on the against the glass you don't want airspace um, that's important you want to get that copper smooth up against the glass um, whether it's a smooth sheet change of dimension you want it to be 
Um, you want it to lay down because then once you put your lead on there it makes it like it fixes it in a way um, it makes that channel rigid and you want that rigid channel to be acting on that glass you want it to be right up against it because it's a mechanical hold it's not the adhesive it's just like the metal kissing the glass and the closer that kiss is happening the better the more powerful um well let me tell you some truth i'm here at the workplace and i'm gonna go inside to the workplace and um i'm gonna go blow some glass for eight hours and then in the night tonight maybe i can give you some more information about stained glass um, perhaps, or perhaps on a different day, like tomorrow or the next day. But, um, I'll be right back. It'll just seem like no time at all that I'm gone. Okay, thanks. Bye now. Okay, we're back. A couple minutes later, but really, eight hours later, nine hours later. Um, hi. Hey, how you doing? Hope you have a good nap. Um, so, once we get the foil around the edge of our glass, copper foil, we decided whether we want copper back or silver back or black backed copper foil. Wrap it around, burnish it down. I like to use a bone folder. It's like a tool that you'll use for folding and burnishing paper or leather. Um, and so you can kind of crease it down and push it down. You can use a piece of bone, you can use a piece of wood, you could use a piece of glass. You have to be careful not to tear the copper, but you certainly can um, push it down and get it um, smoothed out with all sorts of things. So then you've got the copper on it. Now this is also supposing that our glass is all cut to fit. And that's another part. I guess we should we should step back before we solder it. Um, we're going to want to cut out our glass um, for our special stained glass design. Um, you might want to use a glass cutter. Use a glass cutter. You could be using a saw, a ring saw, or a miter saw. There's all sorts of saws you could use. You could use like a tile saw, a miter saw, if you wanted a straight cut. Um, 
that might be a little bit aggressive and crazy, but you know, that's me. Um, aggressive and crazy. You could use a ring saw, which is like a diamond. It's basically like a bandsaw. Um, and that you can cut into, you can cut shapes. You can cut um, not straight lines, like a bandsaw. Um, you can have, you, they make diamond bandsaws. Those are not too common, but they're round. Um, you can cut out your shapes with that. You can get a water jet cut, but most likely and most common and most traditionally is to use a um, a glass cutter, which is essentially a rolling scribe, um, a hard steel scribe. Um, there's some that just scratch it. It looks like kind of like a pencil. You can scratch it. Then there's the the rate the kind of more regular one. It's a little. It's got a tiny little round wheel, and you roll it across the glass in its course. And so when you're scoring glass, you don't need to score it very much. Um, you don't want to push too hard. You just want to push enough to just get that scratch in there. But don't push too hard. If you push too hard, you can make like too much scratchy surface irritation and your line's not going to be clean. Generally, way I was taught, this is just my technique, I think, is you want to, like, say you've got a straight edge you're scoring against, and you're going to make that line with the straight edge. You just want to score it once. And you don't want to push too hard. And if you don't get it all scored, don't go back over it. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, pretty good is way better than overdone. So, you got a score on there. There's some little gaps in it. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Now, you can hang it over the edge of a table and snap it. You could use a... There's kind of pliers um, that are, like, curved inside. They're, like, flat pliers with little curves inside. And when you, like, squeeze, it kind of pops it apart. Um, like, you put them... You, you put the pliers kind of in line, like the pliers are pointing down the line, and then they are curved perpendicular to the line. And so um, when you clamp, it kind of bends the glass and pops it. Um, can hang it over the edge of something and pop it. You can also, on the back of most glass cutters, is like a metal ball or like a heavier weight. And you can tap on the glass on the back side, on the opposite side that you scored on tapping gently along tapping gently along 
the score line. Tap, 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 tap. Just little taps all on that score line. Just follow that score, tap back and forth along that score line. And if you hit gently right on the score line, you will get that crack to run and run across that. Um, you'll essentially open up the crack on that that you've started from your tiny little score. And if you have too much of a score, that's where it can be like the cracks can like go different directions. Um, and so if you're gentle with that score, you can get just enough that then when you tap, it'll kind of open up the crack and then the crack will be a very straight line. Um, that technique certainly takes some practice. Um, scoring and tapping um, but it's not a super difficult technique to get it definitely has its subtleties but it's not um, really hard hard to get I practice a lot on beer bottles just glass bottles just scoring them and breaking them apart tap 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 all sorts of different directions Breaking them open, breaking them down the side, breaking them into strips, breaking them into shapes. Um, it's great practice. Just that's great glass to practice on. Um, so, say you don't get a perfect break, and you need to like you've got a little edge and you can't nip it off, and you want to get a little part off. Um, what you might want to do then is use some sort of grind apparatus. Um, there's little grinding tools you can use, electronic. Um, you could use like a little handheld Dremel or a drill bit with a little diamond bit in it and grind some away. Um, there's all sorts of like cheap kind of diamond, chrome diamond bits that you can use. Um, to grind away the glass um, and then just like cold working you're going to want to have water ready to grind your glass you can also get little pads and things that you could use like sandpaper style um, to grind the glass. I mean, sandpaper itself works, but it usually is like it'll knock down some, but the glass is tough enough, or the glass will generally kind of beat up the sandpaper and it won't, the sandpaper doesn't last long. So there's like diamond pads that are a little, that last longer, that are a little more aggressive um, or just long lasting, I guess. Um, so if you need to like clean up edges there's also a number of different ways you can do that if you want to just do a couple then you can probably get away with some like little cheapo diamond pad or even like some sort of diamond diamond honing stone um can do it you might just have one of those in your kitchen um or you might have some sort of sandy paper that seems to be doing the job. Um, or maybe you have some little Dremel bits or you got like a little fancier, a little grinder. They make like a little like um, a grinding bit that's like, you know, maybe a half inch around and like an inch or two tall. 
and it's like in the wood shop there's a tool called the shaper that's like a a spinning bit that goes up and down and it's kind of like that um it's just a it's you got a flat plate and then a um a little spinny piston jammer that's sticking up out of the plate and that is spinning around yeah you can just take your little piece of glass and like shape off a little bit of that glass shave off a little bit of that glass um so then you can prep all your parts so they fit pretty good and they're pretty good fit you know that you want to be pretty snug but also you need a little room for that foil um so you want a little gap um and then you're gonna wrap it in foil and then you got your layout set up and so you probably want to like lay everything out with the copper foil and then you're gonna want to flux the parts that you're going to solder and when you're fluxing it you're gonna use ah oh, crap I don't remember what the flux is made of um, I want to say it's like a borax solution or something but it, there's different kinds of fluxes it's I think it's you know I think even like something like a fucking vinegar could work in a pinch uh, but I may be totally wrong about that. Um, so you've got a solution, an acidy type solution that's going to act <clears throat> on the copper and just create like a way for the copper to bond to the lead solder. I don't know if you're lowering the me melting point of the solder or if it's acting on the surface of the copper it's possible to do it without the solder but it just doesn't stick to the copper generally in the same way um and so maybe there's something about it that like oxidizes the surface of the copper i'm just guessing on that so better fact check me factually check um so now you're gonna stick the copper you get the copper parts together and you're essentially going to tack them together like you would like if you're tacking some metal parts you know tack welded um, and so got your layout you got your parts you want to flux them but you want to flux like what you're going to solder but you don't want to leave extra flux you don't want to leave the flux on the copper because it will like it'll essentially oxidize it it'll like rust the copper will like kind of get dirty and, and like even get a little green and then the flux dries out and it mess it's all it's all get crazy so you want to just like flex small sections that you know that you can get soldered 
And you also want to be careful about getting the flux on the glass. Mostly I've just found it's just a pain in the ass to clean. Um, and so if you can use just like a tiny brush and accurately, carefully brush the solder onto the copper but not overdo it. Um, then you'll kind of set yourself up for what you might call success. Okay, well, that was a good couple more minutes. Um, so next we got we need to describe soldering, the soldering technique, and that's going to take another 10 or 15 minutes. And now that it is 11:30 at night, I got to go. Um, rescue my children from the babysitter and give them some pizza and play some video games and you know just generally be a good happy person that's what I'm supposed to do right that's what we're all supposed to do be good be happy be kind to ourselves be a friendly person um, so, all right, well, I love you a lot, and you're really wonderful, and I will, um, I'm going to be back in a couple minutes to talk to you about soldering. Okay, bye. Okay, here we are. I'm back a couple minutes later. Um... It's been a couple days of roller skating and bike riding and swimming. Really, really would recommend those activities. Um, roller skating, you know, something so magical about roller skating. Um, as your personal trainer, um, you know, I don't even think you need to take psychedelics to enjoy roller skating. I don't. Um, but you could. You could do that. And I bet you'd have a great time. Uh, might be a little crazy, maybe a little difficult. Might want to just try roller skating first. But, you know, if I was a youngster, you know I'd be doing that. Oh man, uh, this podcast has really devolved. Um, I mean, who would want to listen to uh, a, the minutiae of stained glass assembly? interspersed with recommendations to take psychedelics and roller skate. That's crazy. Who wants Well, you know who? You. All three of you. Um, so, here you are. You've made it this far. You're listening. You're into this kind of thing. Um, either that or you're just trying to get a snooze. And I hope I didn't wake you up from all that crazy talk. Um... So, what we're going to do now is we're going to start soldering the, our copper together that we've already laid out onto the glass. Um, and we're going to use a non-lead solder like a, a tin silver solder 
Um, it's like maybe it's like a tin copper silver they make. Um, if you you know if you want to use lead, you could. I don't think it, it doesn't work that much better. It's not that much different. Um, so it's not necessarily worth it to use lead. You want to use gloves, and you don't. You want to be careful with it. Keep things clean. Don't lick it. Um, it's not going to make that much difference. Um, so using a tin based is going to be great. Um, maybe you've got a bunch of lead, or maybe there's a reason you want to use lead, or maybe you're matching something historically, and so you want to use lead. So that's okay. You can use lead, but. If not, you're not going to notice that much difference. Um, so then you're going to have a soldering iron. Um, depending on your soldering iron, I I generally like to use a smaller piece of solders, like smaller in diameter um, than larger. I found it is easier to control the bead of solder with a smaller solder, but sometimes you get it bigger. There's been times that I've just gotten like a lot, like some like some old timers giving me like a bunch of like weird size solders. Um, then that's what I'm using. Um, a big difference, a big thing that's gonna, uh, the thing that's gonna make a big difference is the solder and iron and what kind of heat you have in that um, some of them really blast the heat and can work well uh, with different solders you could melt it quick some are just just not a lot of them are just not that hot and um, they're gonna be more of a pain in the ass so um, and then you're gonna want you're gonna prefer to have a smaller solder with you. you don't have as much power in your soldering iron so if the tip is clean you're gonna want to make sure you get a little solder on there before you get the flux on there um, the flux can kind of eat at the soldering iron and you're gonna wear out the tips um, if you're doing a lot of soldering so keeping it you know soldered and then I feel like the tips are, if I remember right, the tips are actually made from copper. Um, and so they're kind of, they're a little, they're softer on the softer side. I mean, they don't feel soft, but they just, it's not like a, you know, a high carbide steel that's going to like um, last forever. They are a consumable and they are fragile, but they're really good conductors of heat. Uh, and so, um, I feel like the small, there's like a, there's like some that are like a straight tip and there's like the old school style that are flame. There's like a flame inside. It's like a straight tip that conducts the heat out. And then there's some that are like more of a wire that's like bent, almost like a little U. Um, I found those little U ones, like got some more blasting heat. Uh, but they're smaller and they the tips uh, get used up faster uh, There's a bunch of different varieties of soldering irons uh, and You know a lot of them come from the hardware store and are pretty funky. They're not that great So you, you figure out what works. Maybe you have a couple different varieties um, Generally what you're gonna want to do is 
I will lay the soldering iron down, put the tip onto the copper, and then feed the solder onto the tip that then lands on the copper. So, on the copper sheet, the foil. Um, if you're using the came, you could just put the solder, soldering iron directly onto that lead came and apply a little bit of solder onto the tip and that'll drip down onto it, feed from there. Um, and so like, unlike welding, you can really like, you're touching the tip. You're like, that tip is the heat source and you're gonna touch it and you're gonna use it to heat it. Um, so you put the tip onto the copper, onto the copper sheet, and then you're feeding onto that. And if you have a really good heat and you've got a quick hand and everything's set up just so, you should potentially be able to feed onto the tip and draw away from and draw that tip along the copper and draw a nice bead line in between your two pieces of copper and make a perfect rounded bead in between your two pieces of glass. That's if everything's going perfect. And the lead, the, the solder stuff, it, it sets pretty fast. Um, it goes liquid and it sets pretty fast. And also, unlike a weld bead, you can come back in and like correct it. You can like come back in with a tip and like coax it back into position. You can reheat it. You're not, um, to a certain point, you're not worried about like getting it too hot or going back in. It's not, it's not, you're not losing like a structural element that you would like in a steel weld. Um, and so you're you're creating this braze this this solder between the copper and you're essentially just laying this tin down as a as a glue in between your two pieces of copper um and so if your heat's right and your flux is laid out right and your hands are moving right you should be able to just lay a bead feeding onto the tip drawing across the copper and leaving in your trail a perfect bead on that copper. But sometimes your heat's not quite there, the flux didn't quite get out to the edge, you didn't quite touch the whole part of the copper, and the solder didn't quite sit down, you got kind of a funky looking bead. It sets up fast, especially with like a not super hot tip. Um, and so you might have some little bumps in it or some irregularities in your solder line. In which case, you can just go back over it. Another technique uh, I've seen and used to great success is to essentially kind of dot your solder in and like get the volume of solder you need into place and then go back over it with another pass so your kind of root pass is just to lay down the material and get it in there and get everything fixed together and make sure it's kind of penetrating down in between the cracks of the 
two pieces of copper and you've got good adhesion down into that crack and then you come back in with a surface wipe sometimes you're even kind of filling gaps like you got some weird shit going on with your glass if you don't have them cut super tight and you've got gaps you need to fill you might need to dot in a little bit and fill in in between then you're going to come kind of swipe over the top with the soldering iron and create this nice bead over the top of it um so if that's let's see if that's the case then you do that you lay down your first bit then you come over with your soldering iron and you're really just like touching all the edges of both sides of the copper and trying to make a perfect like it's like water kind of with surface tension you've got this liquid riding between the two pieces of copper and you're creating this like little mound of liquid in between the two pieces of copper and then um you are walking down between it and staying essentially like moving just slow enough so that just behind you for a quarter inch or a half inch is liquid so that it kind of equalizes itself if you're moving too fast and there's not enough liquid behind you you can get kind of jagged edges or funny parts as it cools but you want it kind of like the the moment where liquid and solid meet to be a little bit to be a half inch you know five eighths inch behind you so that it kind of has room to settle out and it looks all nice like as you pet in the solder it's a really the the final movements and the touch-ups of um soldering as a is really satisfying and i think some of it is just having a lot of metal experience and like it's something i always want to do with welds and i always want to have the ability to do on welding it's not really how welding works um but to just like have a finished pass that's just like petting it into perfect look oh it's so nice because the heat doesn't like with the gun it's just not you're not penetrating deeply on that solder you're not so worried about it like dripping out you're not worried about it being structural or like being an issue that you're going back over it with the heat um you're just able to kind of pet the surface into a beautiful thing because what you're doing you just you're making a beautiful thing um so you can you can take your time be careful across this surface and pet your solder um gently into place um so that's what you're going to want to do careful about getting too much petting and getting too um aggressively into the heat zone because that's where you could this is if you're going to break your glasses where you're going to break it from like listening to me telling you to go back in a bunch and fucking around with it um so just be careful with that of your heat but it shouldn't it, again you should be like either one pass or a little bit a little pass over the top and should finish it and that and once you kind of like 
get the hang of your soldering iron and the solder and how much heat you need and everything you'll be able to either get your first pass nice or get your first pass really close and then you just kind of come over the top and you're just like touching up the surface I'm um, just slowly walking that soldering iron down the surface once you have all your material laid in now you're going to want to do this to all your little parts stick them together and then also around the outside edge like the edge of the glass that isn't attached to another piece of glass is still going to want to have this solder around the edge just structurally because adding the solder to the copper is what rigidizes it otherwise it's just kind of a thin copper foil around the edge but if you put the solder on it it becomes a rigidized stiffer object uh, and so then you also can kind of build your edges into you know a solid edge like the little moments in between the glass um, kind of make that into a flush edge and then you can mount that you can mount that inside of wood you can mount that inside of plastic or plaster you could put hooks on it and hang it you can hang it in your window you could Put it inside your fancy church. Um, all sorts of things you can do with stained glass. You can make it just as an object, three-dimensional object, and um, finish in that way. So, um, you know, we learned a lot today. We learned a lot today, didn't we? About glass, grinding little pieces of glass, the copper foil, soldering it together. Um, you know, it's important to learn things, it's important to do little tiny things, it's important to feel good about yourself. Um, that's what you got to do these days. So remember to stay hydrated, drink a lot of water, okay? Um, do some roller skating, do some important roller skating. Wear a silly outfit. Um, and make some art projects, you know, make it pretty good, but you don't gotta make them great, alright? You just make them pretty good. Um, and suppose that's it. Suppose it's time to go do some other things. Um, but it's been great chatting. It's good to, good to share here. Um, got some more. Got some more ideas uh, I'm going to share with you next week. So uh, as soon as I figure out what it is, those ideas are, I'm going to share them with you. All right. Well, I hope you have a great day. Uh, it's good to chat with you. Love you lots. Bye for now.